Hi class, let's start chapter three. Okay, in, uh, in chapter three of management information system, uh, we'll be talking about managing information system. Um, so the learning objective of this chapter is after we read this, you will be able to answer the following questions. Which features of organization do managers need to, to know about to develop and use the information system successfully? What is the impact of the information system on the organization? How does Porter's that you took it in marketing competitive uh, forces model help companies to develop the competitive strategies using information system? And how do the value chain and a value web model help business identify opportunity for a strategic information system application? <clears throat> Number four, how do, we, how do the information system help business use a synergic uh, core competencies and network-based strategy to achieve the competitive advantage? And what are the challenges posted by the strategic information system? And how should they be addressed? Um, you see, we, we work, we use IT solutions and the information system to drive us somewhere. And we know we're not using the information system or the IT solution just for sake of using it. It has to have a reason for using it. Now, in the case of Google, when is it, is it moving to the social strategy in old days, Google uh, social strategy was outdated and lacked focus. So this, uh, they introduced uh, Google Plus, which is, you know, they, they incorporated location data, allows people to see where the friends are and what they are like. People had, have to opt in to, al to allow access to their locations and demonstrates how information system help business compete and how it is a challenge to sustain a competitive advantage. In uh, one of the, probably considered to be the second biggest mall uh, in, in Middle East, they introduce an application where it's a mobile application, you download it for free and it, it memorize your, your uh, uh, car location. It was in that time was a little bit complicated, but now it's a very simple, but memorize it because it had a lot of parking. So it's memorized the car location. But the other side, if there is any discount or anything is going on sale because it's a huge as big as Edmonton Mall uh, for some stores and you're passing beside that stores, you will see some ads uh, going to, to coming to you. Uh, indirectly from the allocating your location 
and finding if you are near to that store, so they will, or about to come close to them, they will send you on the spot uh, an advertisement like a, you know, a discount or a special pricing or something like that. So that's the way they justify, they got uh, you know, their income from the stores who he was willing to uh, paid for the application. So um, information technology and organization influence each other. You know, you, uh, you probably, uh, you know, you need a certain application to do something better. And once you start doing something better, the uh, information outside coming through the, this system will let you know what else do you need in that sense. So the relationship influenced by organizations, usually this type of relationship and is, is could be a structured, uh, could be a business processes, is or because of the politics, uh, culture reason, environment and managed decision. These are all uh, influence the relationship between um, IT solutions and the organization. In a way, the, the two-way relationship between organization and information system, as you see here, is uh, it is, uh, you know, the meditating factors, as we said, environment, culture, structures, business processes, politics, and management decision. So for them to meet some of these requirements, so the company two ways relationship is mediated by many factors, not the least of which uh, are the decision being or not made by managers. Um, other factor meditating the relationship include the organization culture, the structure, as we said, and rest of it. And you notice that when you have an organization, you plan to put some kind of an information system. And once you get the information system, it will influence the organization and you working better. And also you're getting the, the data, the information, what else do you need uh, for a solution to, to have a complete solution also. So, here we gonna start from the, the scratch is what is an organization? The technical definition, uh, definition for it is a, a stable formal social structure that takes resources from the environment and process it. And then produce some kind of output. Uh, so whatever is the resources could be manpower, labor, or could be products or together and they process it and there is some kind of output is there. A formal legal entity with the internal rules and procedures. That's another way of looking at it as well as a social, as a social structure. So these are the definition for a tech, uh, for them organization. Then there is what you call the behavioral definition. And you take it probably at, uh, 
you know, a course on behavioral management is part of the management courses, but it's all about a collection of rights, privileges, obligation, and responsibility that is delicately balanced over a period of time through a conflict and conflict of resolutions. You notice that you go to some, some organization, you will see that uh, on a certain level of management, uh, has different rules and tasks, yet when you go to another organization, you see there is more or less uh, responsibilities, delegation and obligation. That comes from the, through the conflict and conflict resolution, uh, it's happening. So basically, in the microeconomic, the technical microeconomic definition uh, is an organization takes the input from the environment, whatever is labor or goods, process it, and then provide an output to the environment. And it keeps this approach and the output to environment, output to factors, take it over and then also create more internal input. Um, in the microeconomic definition of organization, there is a capital and labor, the primary production factors provided uh, by the environment are transformed by the firm through the production process into the product of, and services, output uh, to the environment. So the, the products and the service are consumed by the environment, which supplies additional capital and labor as inputs in the feedback loop. Let's simplify it. Let's say there is no human being around. There is only one bakery and there was people are working in a bakery and the people drinks the, the weeds and the flowers in the manpower and produce bread, process it to a bread. And these people, after that, they sell it within internal organization. These they will pay for it, eat the food, and you know, uh, get involved in the process. So to buy the, the bread, they have to pay it, and then the organization gets more flowers and you know manpower to produce it. So it is and an a process between inputs from the environment, output to the environment uh, happening there. The behavioral view of organization is says there is an environmental resource. The behavioral view of organization emphasize really on a group uh, relationship, value and structure. So it's basically when you're um, in the in, uh, environmental resources, the formal organization is made of a structure, which is hierarchical structures, the division of laborers. There is rules, procedures, business processes, and culture. And then when you're done with the structure, building the structure, there is a process, which is the rights obligation, privilege, responsibilities, what's the values there, 
what's the norms there and the people. And that generate uh, and to an environmental uh, output. That's from more psychological uh, approach. The first one from economical approach. So the features of any organization really, it doesn't matter which one uh, you're looking at it from economical or psychological, um, there is always routine and business processes. And routines, you can define them. Like, you know, what do you do daily? When you go to your work, you wake up in the morning, you take a shower, you have a breakfast, you put your clothes on, you get on the bus. You That's a routine you do if you do it every day. And a processes is the fact all these routines together to go to school. This is the processes, uh, which is called now a routine and business processes. So the features of any organization, it has routines, it has business processes, uh, it has, which is one thing get together, we come together. There is an organizational uh, politics, there is organizational culture, there is organizational environment, organizational structure, and other organizational feature, which is each one of them will be talking about them in detail. <clears throat> now, what's the routines? Routines is the standard operating procedures, like a precise rules, uh, procedures, uh, a practice developed to cope with the virtual all expected situation. So you do all, when you react to an expected situation, then it's become, these are routine. Now, a collection of routines that's called business processes and business firms is collection of these business processes. So if you look at the business firm made of processes and each processes made of routines. So in a graph, if you have a, an organization are composed of individual uh, you know, uh, routines and behavioral, a collective each makes up a business of processes together. Um, so the new information system application requires that individual routines and business processes change to achieve the higher level of organization. It's basically individual routines and there is certain processes, uh, it, not, it need to be done. When they are together, together like you know, the activities, then it becomes a business firm to, together. So it's breaking down the whole business firm is about processes and the whole processes, business processes is about uh, uh, routines, things that is done. Now, there is what you call organizational politics. So the divergent viewpoint led to a political struggle, competition and conflict. Uh, political resistance is a greatly hampers organizational change. Now, um, not all the politics is good or bad. It depends 
what's the reason of having these politics uh, within the organization? It could be to make the organization not susceptible to outside attacks, or it could be to um, for uh, you know reason of having better business going on. So these are the reason um, they might be <clears throat> involved with it. Um, as example, when I was working in uh, ITS, International Turkey Business, I had a trip from Kuwait to Dubai. There I met the uh, Higher College of Technology in Dubai, which is was funded by the government and the, one of the highest paid people as a teachers and uh, professors and all that. There I supposed to meet in the morning, um, you know, uh, Dean of Registrar and uh, the IT manager. And suddenly they came, there were two old Canadian ladies sat at 10 o'clock in the morning in the hotel and I had my partner with me and suddenly they decided, uh, you know, we have to pay, you know, the, what kind of drink they like to. So they decided to drink alcohol. Now the organization that I work for, because they work with a lots of Islamic banking, they decided not to entertain, not to pay for any alcohol. I didn't know that. So, but the thing is that's the one of the politics of the company because they want to do much better business with these Islamic banking. So they showing that they're not paying. So when I paid it and I took the bills, uh, my supervisor, my manager uh, said, well, we don't, we don't pay alcohol. I said, well, I didn't drink, the customer did. And I couldn't you know, tell them no, because I didn't know basically. So I said, don't worry about it. This is your first time. We will find a way to pay you this bill. But you want to make sure next time, if somebody tells you that, say, no, we don't do, do, do that. Okay. So this is one of the company politics that benefited the company because they do lots of business with uh, Islamic uh, banking systems with the banks, Islamic bank. So they don't want to show that they entertain any alcohol. So these are the things might be a good thing for the company. There might be some competition, might be some conflict as what happened, as I explained to you, and there might be some political resistance greatly hamper uh, the organizational changes. Now, there is what you call the organizational culture and the encompass set of assumptions that define the goal and the products and the, what product the organization should produce, how and where it should be produced, for whom the product should be produced. And maybe uh, uh, powerful unifying forces as well as restraint on the changes. For example, once again, I can bring the example of ITS. In, 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 their culture is the fact that they are uh, considered themselves the high end of IT consultant. So they're focusing for the high paid and they are IT sensitive. So they go to, to the banking system and they focus on and telco systems, and they focus on only on the core solution because the core solution, the rest of the solution, 
connected to it. So if like, anything goes wrong with the core solution, might affect all the organization. But if other application connected to it, that part will go wrong. So the, this is where uh, they, what product the organization should produce, the, the, it's clear for them how and where it should be produced and for whom uh, the product should be produced. <clears throat> so they are targeting the banking and the telco core solution and uh, they are uh, producing it locally and customizing it and localizing it um, <clears throat> because especially in the banking system, the Islamic banking system, they have a solution for Islamic banking system and uh, the commercial of regular banking system. And it's a little bit different, actually lots of difference there. So they have to uh, accommodate the both type of solutions. Anyway, <clears throat> Then we got the organizational environment is organizational uh, organizations and environment have a reciprocal relationship what from outside if, uh, uh, affecting the organization and whatever is going on in the organization might affect the outside. Organizations are open to and depend on the social and the physical environment and this is a very simple example when we did the implementation in iraq we generated we asked for more money because the environment wasn't safe so the, you know that's where the effect is happening the organization can influence their environment organization environment generally change faster than the organization itself and they, the organization follow the environment. And here where the information system can be an instrument for environmental scanning act as a lens. It's basically when you see your system has two parts of it. One is whether it's accommodating uh, the requirement from the environment. Secondly, how fast is accommodating it. The system is, is very transparent, will let you know whether you need to upgrade or change or add more uh, factors within your organizations. So it's basically environment shape what organization can do, but organization can influence their environment and decide to change environment altogether also. And for information technology plays a critical role uh, in environment change, change and helping an organization on their environment. <clears throat> I was, you know, when I was in the University of Winnipeg, I decided for some reason we were taking the uh, macro and microeconomics and I did the project on banana. I don't know why I did that, but you know, in old days you go to the library, start searching and find out around 30 books about the banana, banana history, banana business. And at that time there were not much, you know, uh, things happening. But the summary where I came up with it and found out that United Way Fruit Company, which is, they had a different name they had 
build the railways in the South America. They had the plantations and eventually they gave the people uh, to, um, kicked out United Fruit Company. And because it's an American company, in some cases, the American government came in and made a coup d'etat or revolution just to keep the flow of banana from uh, South America uh, to North America on on a, on a you know uh, under the control of United Fruit Company. Uh, and now it's called Chiquita, by the way. And they built cities for that. So here, where is the United Fruit Company? change the total country, not the only environment. Um, so it's basically uh, environment and organization have a typical relationship. And you notice here, uh, the firm is like an eyes and there is a, you know, lenses and they view their government, the competitors, the customers, financial institution, cultures, and knowledge and technology and the information system. Uh, uh, goes through it. So you, 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 there is one more thing that I wanted to add is that when you talk about each country and how they make their money, for example, if you notice for Japan comes in for, for example, was called electronics, basically, this is how they make their money. When you talk about USA is creating more war to sell more weapons. So this is, and it's all driven by the organization, the profitable organization, how they are operating. Now, the, once in a while, we run to a disruptive technology, which is riding the wave. Uh, and now we're coming to a very disruptive technology, especially in the field of uh, artificial intelligence. Technology that bring about sweeping changes to business, industries, and market. It totally changes. Like things like a, a personal computer, word processing software, the internet, the page rank algorithm that's happening. So these are, you know, creating a, uh, what you call a, they are a disruptive technology, which is making a big change. And in this field, the first movers and then and the fast followers. The first movers is. Uh, inventors of these disruptive technologies and the fast follower films that with the size and resources to capitalize on that technology. <clears throat> In USA, most of the first movers is done by the government of USA, especially the military sectors and the fast followers these are the big company that we are know about them. Like for example, if you're talking about RFIDs, it's been there within the US militaries for the last 30 years, but the, only the last 10 years, they made it public and the fast movers or fast followers came in in the picture and start, uh, you know, capitalize on that business. So the disruptive technology, always we see there is a winners and losers. And for example, in the case of microprocessors, chips, thousands of uh, uh, and 
uh, eventually millions of transistors on a silicon uh, chip. Microprocessors firms such as they won, like uh, Intel, Texas Instrument, while uh, transistor firms like uh, General Electric declined that, in that field. Um, the personal computer in 1975 when it came, it was a small, inexpensive, but fully functional uh, desktop computer. PC manufacturers like HP, Apple, IBM, and chip manufacturer Prospect, uh, while mainframe like IBM and mini computers uh, like the firm, you know, they lost. So I'm not gonna go on this tab uh, table. You can go and see it, uh, you know, uh, World Wide Web happens, internet music affected deeply the music industries and the software as a web and coming with the cloud and all these things. Uh, software as a web affected the Salesforce uh, as a when, and then you got the traditional one like Oracle and SAP and Microsoft trying to catch up, but that's where the loss happened for them. So in the organizational structure, the five basic kind of organizational structures, the kind of the information system often reflect the type of organizational uh, structure. Here is the organizational structure. We have one type, which is what you call the entrepreneurial structure. And usually young people or you know, mid-age trying to establish the, their own business, small startup business, and usually they are small firms and in a fast changing environment, it has a simple structure and managed by an entrepreneur serving, serving as its single chief executive officer and you know, simple business plans, simple applications and all these things. And then you have the machine bureaucracy. Uh, so if they are large, bureaucracies existing and it is a slowly changing like the government um, ministries environment producing a standard product it is dominated by centralized management team and centralized decision making um, is usually um, they are mid-size manufacturing firms also these are that type also then you have the divisionals, uh, bureaucracy is a combination of multiple machine, you know, separated, they operate separation, each producing a different product or services, all topped by one central headquarter. A good example, probably Procter & Gamble uh, or uh, um, Adidas, uh, they are into uh, making sports and they're also into making detergent and cleaning stuff. Um, large firm with a product or service version, like local example, Bombardier. And then you have the professional bureaucracy uh, or the professional organization, which is like Ernest & Young, uh, Arthur Anderson, 
technology evaluation centers, which is they're a knowledge-based organization where uh, goods and services depend on the organization and on the organization uh, expertise and knowledge of their professional. Dominated by department heads with a weak centralized authority. Um, probably schools, hospitals, uh, law firms, is, uh, uh, universities is like that type. And then you'd, you'd have a advocacy, which is a task force, and they get established like a consulting firm, they get established for a certain task. And then when it's done that task, they you know, move to another task with a different group within the organization. And task force organization that must respond to a rapidly changing environment consists of a large group of specialized or specialists organized into a short-lived multidisciplinary team with a weak central uh, management, especially the, probably the special forces in the military, they are that type also. So how information impact organization? This is me. Now, there is economic impact that is what you call organization and behavioral impact, which is made of IT flattening uh, the organization. If the, orga the software influencing that, when you have a, a, a right software, a good software implemented, or you have a good information system implemented, they will have a better economic, more profit or more production, whatever the reason. So there is economic impact. And then you have the organizational and behavioral impact. The organization becomes more flatted instead of very horizontal. The, there is a post-industrial organization after this get implanted. And there is under, uh, understanding the organizational resisting to change, which is um, information system help you whether the organization is really resisting the change or not. The, and also can smooth the change if you, the organization, if the people in the organization accepting the information system, but resisting the change, this system can, you can put a different process and a process, a processes there uh, and that can smooth the, the organization changing to, to that. The other thing that the information system can impact is the internet and, you know, in the organization. Um, and we will be talking about how the internet internally and externally uh, with suppliers and customer uh, affected the whole deal. Uh, the implication for a designing and understanding of the information system. So other feature, other organization features like the goals, what happened with the information system can coercive, you tell it, uh, you know, there is organization which is they are kind of, uh, you know, um, coercive or utilitarians or normative, you know, uh, structures, which is probably this uh, sometimes 
if you implement the right application that can minimize these uh, types of organization, constituents organization, most established by the government or nonprofit organization. There is what you call a leadership style organization. And there is a task oriented and there is what you call surrounding environment organization. And it's, uh, it's features like that. Um, so when we talk about the economic impact, we spoke about different types and now we start with the beginning one, which is the economic impact, which is uh, the, how the information system impact the organization. We will talk about how the system impact the organization. Now, IT changes relative, relative cost of capital and the cost of information. Um, so your amount of changes in IT is relative to the cost. You wanna save cost, uh, you know, we did in the first class, second class spoke about how you select an effective application and, and the cost of the information, whether these information that you're gonna collect, if you're not using an IT, is a very costly, so you'd rather to use an IT, for example. The also is information system technology is a factor of production and like capital of labor, you know, the processes, organize the processes in the production, the machineries, all these things. It affects the cost and the quality of information and the changes economics of information. So basically when you add more information in most of the apps, what they do when you upgrade the application information, you're not gonna lose the previous. So there is a track of updating and you know how the things is, is changing. And it helps the firms contract in the size because it reduces uh, uh, the, the transaction cost, the cost of participating in the market. So they can shrink, uh, these companies can shrink, have less labor, maybe less uh, land, uh, labor or uh, materials probably because they're implementing some kind of IT solution. And also on the other hand, uh, you, you need, if, you, if you're using some kind of, a, you know, internet, emails, uh, other IT uh, um, telephones or whatever, mobile, and then the cost of uh, participating in the, uh, in the market is less. If you have a, some kind of a application that's running the whole ground of uh, the work, pretty smoothly, it also can uh, reduce the cost of, uh, you know, participating in the market. Well, you know, there is, uh, in economics, uh, there is uh, um, different theories. One theory that we don't hear about it a lot is uh, transactional or transaction cost theory. And it's basically, it's, it's not very famous with the economics in the economics and, uh, you know, because a theory usually it drives some understanding when you're putting A and B together in the theory usually get in C. Uh, here, this transaction 
because theory does not do that uh, very clearly. So lots of uh, economists reject that, don't like it because they cannot 100% utilize it. So they choose other theories, but the business sectors, uh, probably the ones who are aware of it, they, you know, uh, interested in that. I had one professor within, you know, uh, Department of Economics in my undergraduate, and I can see the other professors who teach in economics, they were fighting him to get him out of, uh, you know, the whole university probably. It's because he believes in the transactional uh, cost theory, and he always preach it and, uh, you know, uh, talks about uh, in his course, keep utilizing that theory, which is the others who use the monetary theory, the fiscal theories, they don't like it because it does not drive the end result pretty clear. But anyway, so we said that the firms seek to economize on cost of participation in the market. It's called a transaction cost. It lowers the market transaction cost for a firm making it worthwhile for a firm to transact with other firms rather than um, grow the number of employees. Outsourcing, that's the best, as simple as that. You can have a whole line of um, airline business without owning any uh, plane, or any, you don't, uh, you know, uh, have employees that working for you directly. You don't have any maintenance. You can outsource everything and have your airline under your name and you can operate all these things. Uh, at, uh, that's possible also. Um, there is what you call an agency theories, which is, Firms is an excess of contracts among self-interest parties requiring supervision. They keep, you know, it's firms is made of more contracts with the, you know, third parties outside the suppliers and customers within themselves in order for them to uh, have more, uh, you know, uh, supervision. It's what you call the agency theory. Firms experience agency the cost, the cost of managing and supervision, which raise as firms grow. So they do the outsourcing because they don't want, uh, um, the reason they don't want to have an extra cost on managing and outsourcing. Let the third party does it. And when they do it, uh, we sign a contract with them. In a way, we get our product, with this quality, we don't care how they do it, where they do it, and when they do it, as long as I get it on time, with a certain standard and quality. This can also, IT can reduce the agency costs, making it possible for a firm to grow without adding to the cost of supervision, because you know they are all connected. And also whenever the product, it can be tested and passed, or fail. I think you probably saw it in a 
one of these videos of how it's done and without adding any extra employees. So these old employees can be outsourced and have an IT system where you can really run your uh, processes. So in the case of organizational and behavioral impact, IT, we said, is a flat in the organization and instead of like this, becomes more flat. And it, this is because it, it pushed the decision-making lower. And we, we, we brought an example, uh, having you are uh, traveling in a country, having a meeting at 8 p.m. with a, a potential client and suddenly you make some requests and, and your manager is not available. So the system, the CRM system and the business intelligence system can help you to make that decision on the spot. So it's, you, you don't need your manager anymore because it's a flathead. And basically, as we said, uh, uh, there will be a fewer manager needed. IT enable faster decision making in the increased span of control. So we know there is three kinds of uh, decision making. One is a routine one, which is, could be a part of the system and develop. One is a, a mix between you know, non-routine and routine. And that's probably done by uh, middle management. And then you have the, the non-routine ones, which is you need to collect all the data, put the data together and see what's result for it and have a what if analysis there. And then you make that decision, which is from the top to the bottom uh, in the third case. And in the post-industrial organization, organizations flatten because in the post-industrial society, authority increasingly relies on knowledge and competence rather than formal uh, position. <clears throat> so the, whomever has the knowledge can be very powerful and also can make the decisions. So you see here a traditional uh, organization versus the flattened one by removing some layers of management. And uh, you will see these kind of flattened ones is more into, um, you know, in, uh, in advanced service probably oriented uh, organization. For example, in the IT firms, you will see flatten or more when it comes to the first level uh, and the second level, you will have some kind of a metrics approach to uh, doing your tasks. And we will be talking details on a metrics approach of how doing the task. Understanding organizational resistance to change. So there is always resistance to change. And we said when we wanna select the softwares, how we can overcome this resistance by having a consent from everybody. But resistance is there. Information system become bound up in the organizational politics because they influence the access to the key resources. Uh, so um, uh, information system also potentially 
change of the organization structure, culture, political, and work. And most common reason for a failure in a large project is due to the organizational and political resistance, as you know, to change. So resistant to change, it can be done and created by one of these four or any of these four uh, or a combination of them. And it's basically could be because of the organizational structure and how it works. It could be because the job task, uh, they don't want to change it because they are, for example, because there could be for uh, information technology or the people. The people, they work on the DB2 for a while. They don't want to change the database that they're going to work on it. The, uh, the other part of the IT that changing the organization, as you know, the internet, and the internet increased the accessibilities, the storage, and the distribution of information and knowledge for organization. The internet can greatly lower the transaction and the agency costs because, you know, you don't have the process of getting on your car and meeting the supplier, you can do it online and they look like you and your supplier and your customer, all of them uh, in one field on the internet. So the, the, the thing is will lower the transaction and the agency cost. Example, for example, a large firm deliver internal manual. That's a very simple, a good example uh, to employees like, you know, the policies or certain stuff through the web uh, or have it, you know, stored in their site to take it out. And instead of uh, uh, printing it and, and cost so many million of dollars probably, um, except when it comes for some reason, the legal department that I worked in our organization, they had to have a hard copies and we, we had to sign it and co-sign it as a hard copy because I was looking after the relationship between Oracle and this technical company. So the implication for the design and understanding the information system. Information system must be developed with an understanding of the organization in the which they will, will be used. So once again, we need to know where we want, how we're gonna use that system before we select or develop our system. These must be considered uh, the organizational culture, also the structure, the environment, the group will use the uh, information system and the kind of task, processes and decisions the information system is meant to assist. You see, one of the issues that made few colleges uh, accept um, the application, I was putting up front that uh, the student information system that I uh, uh, will be implementing it for them is about you know, um, privacy and understanding uh, transparencies, the information. For example, if somebody wants to sign up for the college in a different country. Um, he would know uh, also the housing, who is 
his roommate. He also would know one time the classes start, when the semester is gonna start, who's his professor, all the information will be available for him before he moves out to come in there. And also uh, all the stakeholder involved with it. And basically when I do a consultancy in that, I, I bring a scenario, a very complicated scenario in that time and try to break it down how we will use um, the application to solve this problem. And as usually what I say, um, a father and a mother had a, have an argument at 10 o'clock in the night over their child, whether he's doing well in college or not. And he is in a different country. So at that time, they wanna make sure these guys are doing right. So they come and you know have access to the system and start finding out the progress of his son or his daughter in that college. So that's the, I start all the whole application where the father and son and mother goes, where they're supposed to click, what kind of information, whether there is outsourcing, uh, outstanding payment, whether there's a book, they can have all this transparency information because uh, the whole concept is um, when a son or a daughter is getting educated, whether local or international, it is about um, the whole family and could be even the neighbors are involved in this journey with, the, with that person. So if we are approaching the business from a Porter's competitive force model, we said that there is five forces, there is the traditional competitors, there is the new market entries, entrance, there is the substitute products and services, there is the customers, and there's all supplies. There are all these five influencing how we do the business and eventually influencing the IT solution that we selecting. So um, here we look at the competitor substitute products, we look at the new market. We look at how we deal with the suppliers and customers. And in the same time, we look at our competitors, how they do these things also. So in the Porter uh, competitive, because we're competing with them, in the Porter competitive forces model, the strategic position of the firm and its strategies are determined not only by uh, competition, with uh, its traditional direct competitor, but also by the four other forces in the uh, industries environment, new market entrance, substitute product, customers and suppliers. For example, in the, for the company of ITS, there was one competition in the oil industries where they were competing with them. And there was a fierce competition between them. Apparently the management set and said, let's divide the oil industries between us. And this is our competitor. So the, uh, what happened, they said, well, in this company uh, organization, you just don't, they made of like a oil industry, I think eight of them in Kuwait. And they said, all these, these organization will be competing we're going in and bidding 
for, uh, you know, the bid is pretty high. We're talking about at least 25 millions and above for solution. And if we need, we will utilize your strength. In this uh, organization, you go and compete and get the businesses. And if you need, we're willing to supply you with our shit. So the, in this, eventually moved from a competition to an alliance, uh, but for 10 years, they were trying to, you know, uh, compete with each other and was, you know, fear-based, non-fear-based. I don't want to get into that details, but they were competing. Eventually, they decided to do that. Now, using information system to achieve the competitive advantage, as we said, we said there is a traditional, which is all firms share market space with the competitors who are continuously devising, changing, or coming with a new product, a new service, more efficiencies, and switching costs, minimizing the cost. There is an, another force, which is the new market entries. Some industry have a high barrier to entry, like a computer chips, chips business, uh, telecommunication is one of them. Uh, uh, power generating industries is one of them. Oil also, and new companies have a new equipment, uh, younger worker, but a little of brand recognition. They usually try to come in and most of the time, whether they join the bigger companies or they're strong enough to sustain their business to compete and get stronger. Then you have what you the substitute effect and the substitute product and services. And probably the best thing, best example is the Pepsi and Cola uh, as a product. Substitute customers might use, if your price becomes too high, uh, they go with another product. Like when they iTunes, uh, iTunes substitute for the CDs because the cost of the iTunes was a very low for compared to the CDs. And then there is a force coming in from the customers themselves where the customer can control the business uh, and can customers easily switch to a competitor products. Can they, or they have no option but to stick with that. For example, when it comes to supplying of uh, water, I don't have that much option in the old days. Um, there were not much, no MVNOs operating. So I had only Roger, Rogers there and probably later on came built. But then when they start MVNOs, uh, maybe in, uh, later on, we'll speak more details how the MVNOs work. Um, and uh, uh, you were able to sign up with the small telecommunication companies who can provide you the whole type of work that the big telecommunication. So the uh, customer got more freedom to switch between them. Then you got the supplier, which is sometimes suppliers, market power of suppliers when the firms cannot raise the price as fast as suppliers. So the supplier keep raising their prices and the firms locally cannot raise that price and they can affect that. And uh, maybe sometimes the supplier decide well, they will cut the middleman and, and go and 
that's another effect also the supplier that have on how you do conduct your business. Information system strategy that is dealing with competitive force in these cases. You need to have a low cost leadership. When you start there, you are a leader in the low cost so you can really be very competitive and respond to these forces. You also can have a kind of a product differentiation so that makes you special than others. You need to, maybe you need to focus on a market niche. Like as I said, they are we're focusing on banking and telco only. And you need to strengthen your cost with your customer, the relation, and with the supplier uh, intimacy, strengthening the customer and the supplier intimacy. In case of the customer, the new concept, see when you're doing, buying some kind of a brand name is actually, you're not buying the, the brand itself. You're buying the feeling that you get from this branding. See, when you start dating somebody, you, know, you married somebody, you marry that person or you're in love with that person because it's how that person makes you feel. So when it comes to the Nike and Adidas or, or whatever, the brand name Mercedes, it's about how you feel about that, brand, that thing, that brand name. It's not the brand name that you're loyal about it, it's the feeling that you get from utilizing, using these things. So that's what you call uh, the intimacies with the brand. And the same thing that's happening with the, your suppliers. Uh, low in the case of low cost uh, leadership products uh, produce products and services at the low price than the competitors obviously while enhancing the quality and level of the service like a walmart continuous replenishment of their system and having providing better service and products uh, than the competition you can come up with kind of a product uh, differentiation, enable the new product or service, great, uh, greatly change the customer convenience and experience. Uh, an example is like what the Google does, Nike and Apple iPhone. But more than that, I would say what uh, this company did, which is brought um, a combination of uh, uh, Oracle Financial because Oracle Financial was uh, in the old days was stronger, now stronger also, and can accommodate all the financial and integrated with HR access of IBM. And then because Oracle had a weak uh, HR solution in that time. So when the company came and integrated these two applications, they had to set up two, two, two different database, integrated these two application, and they put an extension to customize the customer. So they came in with a product that uh, conquered the oil industries in uh, UAE, and Oracle itself could not compete, neither the partners of Oracle, and IBM could not compete 
because when IBM came in, they said, you don't have a good financial application. When the Oracle came in trying to beat this company, the, the customers told him, you don't have a good HR solution that meet our need. So this kind of a product differentiation can happen also. Um, a mix and match and, and you suddenly have a different product available. Now, uh, an example, IT enable new products and service providing competitive edge is like Amazon and you see what's going on one click and they have the patent. The online music like an Apple iPod and iTunes, uh, you have the online person-to-person -person payment, which is PayPal. PayPal enables the transfer of money between individual bank and between the bank account and a credit card. The, the MVAST, the mobile value added service of part of OG money, one global money. Uh, I was the chief operating officer for the, some of the countries. is a very similar to PayPal with a more added function and features and services. And they called it, it became part of MVAS, which is uh, mobile value added services. Um, we'll talk and probably we'll have an assignment about it. How did it work? It's a fully a marriage, a beautiful marriage between uh, business, functionality and technology and rules and regulations of the banking system and money systems. So to deal with them is we, you need, as we said, you need to focus on a market niche and use the information system to enable a focus in market strategy, a single market niche, you probably can specialize in it, like a, a Hilton hotels, uh, like the uh, ITS in core banking solution for Islamic banks, something like that. Um, strengthening the customers and the supplier intimacies, uh, use the information system. You can use that information system to develop a stronger ties and loyalty with the customer. And we told you how you do that. Uh, the customer it, it buys these things because it feels that he can be part of the special club, like Mercedes doing something kind of a special club, uh, Porsche is having some special club for certain cars, the Mercedes have it. So um, these you strengthen the relationship with the, the customers and you can strengthen the relationship with the supplier by you know, selling better, more for them, asking, communicating with them, telling them what's expecting from them uh, uh, and vice versa. Um, so uh, use the information system to develop a strong ties and loyalty with the customers and suppliers and increase the switching cost uh, like uh, what Chrysler and Amazon. Amazon brought the suppliers different suppliers uh, and different customers, and they are the connections between them. They don't produce, they don't sell, but they, they, uh, they uh, connect them. They might have a third party outsource for deliveries and transportation and made it available for anybody to open a virtual store there.
So there is the four basic strategy. We say the low cost leadership, which is use the information system to produce products and services at the lower price than the competitors while enhancing the quality and the level of service. And we said like Walmart, you might have a different product differentiation, which is you can use this information system to differentiate the product and enable the new services and products keep coming like Apple, like Google and eBay. And you might be doing a focus on a market niche, like using this information to enable a focus a strategy on a single market niche specialized in it. So you can utilize this information in that one, like the uh, Hilton uh, hotels, and you might strengthen or customer and supplier intimacy, which is using the information system to develop a strong ties and loyalty with the customers and suppliers like what the Crystal, uh, Chrysler uh, Corporation and Amazon does. The impact of internet on competitive forces and industrial structures, we spoke about the substitute product versus the services or the services substitute product or the service itself, enabling a new substitute to emerge with a, a new approach of meeting the needs of performance. You have a customer bargaining power, availability of a global price and product information shift bargaining powers to more to the customers. They can buy from you or buy from the, somewhere else and the information at his fingertips or her fingertips. In the case of suppliers bargaining power, as we said, the procurement over the internet tend to raise the bargaining power over the supplier, but the supplier can also benefit from reducing the barrier to entry and from the entitlement of distribution and other intermediaries standing between them and their users. So now in the old days, you might have a local representative who can help you on the ground to sell, now, because of the internet, uh, it happens that you don't need that much local representative, you can sell directly also. Um, in case of the threat of a new entrance, the reduction of barriers to entry, such as the need for a sales force, access to the channels and physical asset, the internet provide the technology for driving business process that makes other things easier to do. We said with the internet, you don't need uh, really sales force, a big sales force. You might not need that much, uh, you know, a process of people for papers and all these things. The system can do all these things. And also when it comes to the positioning and rivalry among the existing competitors, uh, winding of the geographical, it's open market now, um, increasing the number of competitors. So you compete with outside, outside competing with you, average using the difference among the competitors now. The internet makes it more difficult really to sustain the operation advantage and increase the pressure uh, on competing pricing because you can right now, 
if you need an IT consultant, you can get it in Canada, uh, $2,000 a day, at least the same IT consultant, you can do it from offshore at $500. So that's put a string on the prices. Um, the value chain, we spoke about the MVAS mobile value added services, and we spoke about that the fact that when we are buying something, really we pay the we pay dollar and we get the values. And I brought an example. Always bring it is when I my brother told me let's buy uh, uh, DVD players is cheap. It was a hundred dollars. Price went way down. So I got excited. Wanted to buy. Mm, then I decided, says no. He said, why? I said, well, you know, I don't watch that much movies, so I don't need a DVD player. In case of this, in case I did, uh, were able to purchase it, but I didn't see the value of a hundred dollars worth to pay for DVD player. So the value, that's what we are uh, willing to pay. Now the issue of able to pay, that's a something else. In my case, I was able to pay that $100, but I'm not willing to pay that $100 because I did not see the value in the, uh, the product. So when a firm is viewed as a series of activities that added value to the product of service uh, or services, they see that, you know, uh, there is a value in that product. And you notice one thing, all the products goes into four categories, whether it is a product oriented, whether it is a service oriented, and then you have trying to add value to have an extra edge on a regular product is that you, your real business is selling the product, but you're adding services like the cards, uh, and that makes it more valuable for you or your goal is really to sell the services like the mobile companies and you give them a free iPhone uh, and, and really just you add more value on your service that you're providing. Uh, IBM does that, Roger does that, um, yeah, Bell does that. All of them, they give you a free mobile, not to give you that mobile because they wanna sell you the, the, the services, but when they, you see a mobile, you put more value in their services directly or indirectly. So firm is viewed as a series of activities that added value to the product or the service, highlights activity where competitive strategies can best be applied, uh, primary activities or the uh, support activities. And so, as we said, the primary activities is probably giving you a good car, but also providing you uh, support activities, which is the service if they uh, 24 hours, seven days on a road assistance. This is like a support activities. At each stage, determine how information system can improve the operational efficiencies and improve the customer and supplier intimacy. So when you're looking at yourself, and you say, I'm selling a product, you want to have a good quality of product or a cheaper or a combination. But if you are 
looking to have an extra edge and you cannot compete, you probably produce the same product like your competition, then you add a service and you need to look at the stages where you can put an information system that can support you to provide a better supportive activities or primary activities. Like as I said, in the car manufacturing, they look at providing you support and you might have an, a mobile application uh, built in your mobile, downloaded in your mobile, where you can make a request of saying on-road assistant. And yeah, as you said, you always use uh, utilizing benchmarking uh, industry best practice. Um, a friend of mine has developed an application uh, and it's also called it a benchmark. And basically this application, uh, he was targeting mama and papa uh, stores, not the big shopping stores. To find out when you come and shop and they do scanning, they will find out the combination that you are buying and what things is, which day they should order, the less time they order, the better for them and where they should put them. The funny thing, they found out that on weekend, um, there is a, a big consumption of diapers and a big consumption of beer, case beers. So they found out that men, when they walk in, they wanna buy a case of beer, they feel guilty about their family and stuff, they buy, they buy a case of diapers for their kids. So the way they did, these stores put the diapers beside the beer. And they found out, uh, you know, man comes in, buy the case of beer and buys a diaper with it. And that's happened from, you know, scanning all the shopping. The other thing they found out with their, this application that usually men are willing to pay, buy any jeans that cheap, but they're not, uh, you know, uh, they're not interested to go to the to watches, but if they see them, they will buy them. So what they did, they put expensive watches beside cheap jeans. So the man comes in there, buy the jeans, not knowing, looking at the watch, likes the watch. He's not willing to pay hundred dollars on the jeans. He's just gonna pay fifteen dollars on that jeans and a grab a watch of. $2,000 or $1,000 and walk out. Um, you think these guys are brainless who does that, but they do that. This is where they found that uh, uh, the funny trend probably where the, eventually uh, some uh, a company from Netherlands bought this application because it was uh, you know a good application and they paid $180 million for these guys developers. Um, benchmarking also you do it in whether how many customers can utilize in this application in a concordant time. So in a benchmarking, you know, um, you can have 150,000 people calling in the same time or 250,000 or 1 million calling at the same time. Can this uh, system can take it on uh, and 
practice it well. Can the application can take it on and process it well. That's another way of looking at the benchmarking. But that application was also named benchmark. So this is what came in mind to, to present it for you. So whenever you go to supermarket, just don't go to the jeans uh, because you're gonna end up buying $2,000 a watch or make sure you buy your beer on Tuesday or Wednesday, don't buy it on weekend because you end up buying diapers too. That's the advice is for the man, uh, just joking. Um, the value chain model, if you look at it, is there is what we said, there is a supportive uh, activities and there is a primary activities. We also do, I do it differently. Um, I call it a front office and back end office or back office also activities. And usually you don't see, there is people that you don't see and when things goes wrong, you dig on them, you look at them and suddenly they come in your picture. These are the people usually in the back office or supportive, put it this way. You don't uh, look for somebody who is maintaining your financial application unless something going wrong with your application. You don't talk to the HR unless you need something from them. So that's what you call a supportive activity or what I call it a back office employees. And then, which is uh, the supportive activities made of the administrative and management, human resources, technology itself, and procurement. And then you have the primary activities, which is the inbound of goods uh, or services, inbound logistics, automated warehousing, operations, computers, sales and marketing, computerized uh, ordering system, services and equipment and logistics. In a way, primary activities, any activities that generate funds for us, generate revenues, all together becomes a firm a value chain. Now we said that in the firm value chain, so we have all the source and procurement system and we have the customer relations uh, management system. So you, as any company, you are in the middle, you have the supplier who gets the supply from another supplier and you are the firm who is supplying another uh, distributor who is supplying the customer. You could be uh, in the middle um, or could be, uh, you know, uh, doing it to the customer, but mostly you are uh, supplying to the distributor and distributor supplying to the customer. So this, this is what you call industry value chain. Now we come to the value of the web. A firm's value chain is linked to the value of chain of its suppliers, distributors, and the customer. They're all connected to each other. An example like amazon.com use a system that makes it easy to the supplier to display their goods on and open stores on Amazon, makes it easy for customer to pay for the goods coordinate the shipment of the good to the customer and track this shipment for the customer. It's a very similar, uh, you know, Amazon got famous um, maybe the next last 10 years or less 
that company, for example, OG Money, One Global that we're gonna discuss more, this company was established probably 30 years ago in the same field they were doing. We're also gonna talk about uh, Tajari.com um, and how it works. And, and it's also it's about e-commerce uh, business mostly and e-business when it comes to this sector of solutions. So the value of the web really, what's happened here, you got in the middle, your industry, your own firm, your ERP system, your transaction system. You are uh, connected to the suppliers and the supplier of the suppliers, which is suppliers connect to the suppliers and you're connected to the customer or the distributor and the customer of the customers. And you have, you can also have it uh, uh, connected to the, through the web to the indirect suppliers maybe. And you can also have a strategic alliance and partner in a firm. The synergy, the core competency and network-based strategy. What's the synergy? Synergy when the output of some units uh, used as an input to other unit and on organization, pool, market, and expertise. It's just, you have a one unit, you put it in the process, you end up with getting a new unit because of the process that you do and due to the labor and land that you have. And enhancing the core competencies is activity for which firm is, is world-class leader, relies on knowledge, experience, and sharing there across. The thing that you need to look when you're an organization, what's your core competencies? First of all, what's your bread and butter? And what is your core competencies? And how you keep it enhanced and strong in that field? For example, um, the uh, ITS where core competencies was uh, in providing core solution to the banking system. So they had banker consultant sitting there. They had religious consultant sitting there in the firm just to consult how to do the Islamic banking to the bankers, uh, how to do banking consulting. So now they enhancing their core services, which is the core solution for their banking. Um, Network-based strategy, take advantage of a firm's ability to network with each other. Uh, you know, with the web, you can network, you can talk to each other um, through the web. You can, you know, establish as a company, establish your level of authorities by publishing more data as more information. Technology Evaluation Center does it this way. When they have people coming in and downloading some information, they leave their data as their contact and they start Technology Evaluation Center sending the new trend of solutions and all these things until they establish their authority level where the customers start thinking, potential customers thinking, okay, these guys knows more than I do. I rather to use them as a consultant. So take advantage of certain abilities uh, to network, 
with each other, include use of, uh, you know, these, uh, these companies is also include the use of uh, network, like one more example in the technology evaluation centers, they partnered with Oracle, partnered with SAP, partnered with all these big um, software provider in order to get their information and use them in their system and then certify them saying what, uh, so we have one hub to certify all these information. It's also include the use of, uh, you know, uh, network economics, virtual company models. As we said, you can establish an offshore company or an onshore, and you don't have to have employees. Uh, and uh, also include the business ecosystem. In the virtual company models, and uh, it is, you can have your own company without having employees or a physical space. Virtual company uses the network to ally with other companies to create and distribute product without being limited to a traditional organization, no boundaries uh, or physical location. Lee and Fung manager production shipment on, of, of gram, gram, uh, garment for a major fashion companies outsourcing all their work to the suppliers. In the business ecosystem, industry sets of the firm providing the related services and products. Uh, for example, Microsoft platform is used by thousands of firms for their own product. Walmart order entries and inventory management system. When you go to a supermarket, there is some supermarket do not buy from your product. They only provide your shelves, some of them just to rent it. So you put your stuff on that shelf and they don't pay you anything. You have to pay them by putting your products there. Microsoft in technology, they do the same thing. You use their platform to, to use, uh, to develop your apps on it. Google is in the field. And when you talk about web stores, web stores, all the apps is developed by third party uh, and they put on the web stores utilizing uh, Google uh, uh, platform. Um, so what we have something called a keys, uh, keystones firms, which has dominated the ecosystem and created the platform used by other uh, firms. Now, then you have the niche firms rely on the platform developed by the Keystone, like, you know, the companies who provide the small apps on web stores. Uh, and then you have the individual firms can consider how the IT enable them to become more profitable niche players in the larger ecosystem. So, you might have a multiple industries and working together and in that industry, the ecosystem strategy model is you have a new market entries, you have supply substitute products and services that forces suppliers and customers. And the digital firms era requires a more dynamic view of the boundaries uh, among the industries firms 
customer and the suppliers. And we talked about the flexibilities, how things is changing with this digital firms, digital uh, era. Uh, so in the ecosystem model, multiple industry work together to deliver the value of customer. Uh, they can be different companies are working together. Uh, IT plays an important role in enabling and dense the network of interaction among the participant firm. You can see that in the fashion industries, you can see that in the IT industries, most of the clothing is produced in Vietnam, Bangladesh, uh, and you can see them or Turkey. And they are international product, which is supplied in Europe, Western Europe or in North America. That's pretty strong. And they produce by a third party sometimes in the overseas. And same thing in IT also, uh, you can see that, that uh, different companies working together uh, in a certain case, like as example I told you is uh, when there's two uh, companies, they, don't, they agree that whenever there is, a, um, they send a contract with one of the oil company, if they need an outsource, they would go and substitute it from this company and vice versa. So these are the things, and here's where the IT plays an important role, enabling a dense network of the nation. For example, Apple's, you know, they're manufacturing in China. Dell, now they outsource their operate, uh, assembling of manufacturing products in, uh, in China. When I needed an, uh, a, a laptop, to have the whole system of banner on it. In that time, there was the laptop, uh, I believe was IBM, built specially in Ireland, shipped to uh, USA to put the application on it. They had two operating system and then shipped back to me to utilize it. So here's the three company were working together to enhance their services and their products. The, the challenge is, is how you sustain the competitive advantage because competitor can retaliate and copy and have a copy strategic approach and they copy your strategic system. Competitive advantage is not always sustainable. You're not always ahead of everybody. And you notice these days, uh, there was some uh, companies is coming where they might eventually uh, beat the Google. I remember we had a question in the old days and uh, the question was, um, uh, who do you think can compete with uh, uh, IBM? Um, I've, I've mentioned Microsoft. I had my professor joking about it and laughing. Today, where is, Mike, where is IBM when it comes to uh, their uh, applications compared to Microsoft application? Nothing. Uh, so you might have this not able to sustain it, and this competition comes in suddenly. And you've seen that, and we will talk also about the fact that how the control 
of the whole telecommunication system was in the hand of the operating uh, the telecommunication system then moved to hand because of uh, bill uh, uh, apple situation they moved this control in the hand of uh, the equipment itself and then eventually these things is moving in the hand of the control uh, of the customers in the hand of uh, application like uh, Facebook, WhatsApp. Imagine the question, if tomorrow uh, Facebook decide not to have this application running on uh, Android, what would be the situation? As you see in what they did with China, Google decided to stop uh, in the future their uh, operating system in uh, in uh, on uh, 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 Huawei's uh, phones. Uh, so the aligning IT with the business objective, uh, performing a strategic system analysis. As we said, when you make a solution, you always have to perform a strategic analysis. Uh, you have a, a goal and you have a business plan, uh, how to reach to that goal or a strategic plan, how to reach to that goal. And we talked about the corporation and you need to share these with everybody is that stakeholder, including the IT department or the chief information officer in order to provide you the solution to make it smooth for you to move from point A to your goal uh, reaching. So the the performing of a strategic system analysis is through uh, you're doing aligned IT with your business objective, managing a strategic transition, adopting strategic system require changes in the business goals, relationship with the customers and suppliers, and business processes. So you're not looking at your internal request, you look at what the customer wants, what's the supplier wants from you and the whole environment, and you set up your IT solution accordingly. So this is the end of the chapter. Uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you.